Zappa Maniacs coming to you live from Cupertino. It's Dave. Apple UFO Rupert and Chris. Apple Coyer. Hey, Chris, <laughs> how are you? We are not in Cupertino. That was a lie. Yeah, was a no, lie. Yeah, I've never been to one of those events. I guess that's the big news that you're alluding to, yeah? Like WWDC has just wrapped as we're recording this. I mean, maybe a couple days ago, but it's still, of course, dominating the news because Apple had a lot to say. It's not really one of their product announcements, and yet they just, they announced tons of products at these things for some Mm -hmm. reason, Mm -hmm. probably more than they normally do. In this case, of course, dominated by the headset. But there's, um, there's a little bit, I mean, that's pretty nerdy, so it's a little unavoidable to... Have a little we'll, fun we'll with talking have to about. Talk about a headset in this episode, but yeah, we might have to. And it's kind of fun. So I mean, if you're totally bored of that, just just skip it. I, I get that sense sometimes because sometimes I open my my pod catcher thing and I'm like, oh, I are if I already know what you're going to talk about, it bums me out a little bit. But but we can have fun in a nerdy Cody way. I think with it, I, one of the biggest things, probably just because I know you watch this world so much, and, and I believe had immediate questions about it, was that you can just be on a website and you know I, I forget what the mechanic is but essentially drag it right down to your dock in mac os and all of a sudden you have this um you know that the behavior is very pwa like only on desktop they called it web apps uh which was like not progressive web apps so that was like sus but um mm-hmm. jen simmons uh further clarified like it, it does it's it does not require a manifest or a service worker, which are like part of what it re- is a requirement yeah, for a PWA. Right. Uh, Apple you don't will need anything at all. There are no requirements for it. No requirements, but it gets better if you have those things. Does that make sense? So it, it's like, which is what websites do. So that's what, what she's trying to say is, it's like it's a website that you drag down into your bar. And for some reason, so, for some part of me is like that's really smart, and some part of me is like, oh, so it's like it's not special in any way. It's just like a bookmark. It's a bookmark, but it's got you know a few properties like you know uh, like. It launches in its own standalone environment, you know. And sure. It, it's not quite the the. It, it's app feeling. I mean, it, it's kind of an electron killer, if that makes sense. Like it's just it's. If you were were going to the website and you like, I want this to be an icon in my dock. You have that ability now, and you did before with like Fluid or something like that, or you know, mm, those never really caught on though. This this should be a much bigger deal, and and and, and crucially, will be Safari rendering engine. Yeah, I wonder yeah. if you can. I wonder if you can a prompt because that was always a big deal with PWAs is that like you have to tell people to do that. Yeah. Even if you can't, people will explain it. I'm sure they'll, I'm sure they'll, you know, (laughs) do everyone's favorite technique, which is user agent sniff for Safari and then show little prompts on how to do it. Yeah. I'd be tempted to do that. Yeah. So show people how to do it, essentially. If not, like, is there, uh, is there actual mechanics behind it? Can you offer a button which does it? probably not i mean probably it's not. gonna be that whole like point to where in the ui you think it is but that actually <laughs> just got a little tougher when the ui is a three-dimensional uh, universe so they're like so where where in 
space-time reality is yeah. this, uh, I've been surprised screen, at how, how so. good people are at that. Like they'll even do it in a tweet or something. They'll like in, as part of the graphic, they'll point at the retweet button or something. I'm like, how did you get that right? Isn't there like a... I try yeah. that and it's just fail. It's just like, <laughs> it's know. like write a line. Somehow I turned on write a line in my tweet. So it's like, <laughs> 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 I don't get it, dude. I'm not yeah, that good. Definitely. I'm not, I'm not online enough to get that to work anymore. Although this is a good, I think we can circle back to Apple, but this brings up a good point, right? Like you want to point at something in a UI. How challenging is that, right? I literally blogged about this this morning because oh, yeah, I, you did. Yeah, I, I was that. so fascinated by some of these challenges that apps take on. You, in fact, Luro app, go sign mm-hmm. up now. Yeah, sign up. Is, um, doesn't quite have this complexity, but has its own as far as you need to be like parsing other people's websites. But that's a little different. Let's say you your app you know, needs somebody else's website to do its thing. You know, like I want to point at something on your website. I'm going to, I need to, maybe it's even a browser extension needs to do that in some way. Well, then it's on you to find what you want to point at. How are you going to find it? What options are available for you to find it? Well, you could use XY positioning. You could just absolutely position something and try to point at it that way. Nobody does that. Uh, or at least they don't anymore. It's just responsive web design has arrived. You have no idea what's going to happen there. That's just that's just a disaster waiting to happen. Nobody does X, Y coordinates anymore as far as like trying. I want to comment on some point at something. on a website. So what you're going to do is select it probably with JavaScript, you know, query selector query selector all whatever which is i believe identical to css selectors right do you know that off the top of your head if if query selector is 100% exactly the same as css selectors um i think it is i'm going to say yes um yes yeah I'll say i think yes. so i mean yeah, query selector. Uh, but anyway, it's yeah. so close, you know. Like Just returns if it's the not, first one. So, yeah. Well, yeah, right. And that's what I mean, because usually you're trying to point at something, so you only want to select one anyway. You don't want, if your selector selects two things, now you have another problem, a not yeah, yeah. good problem, you know. <laughs> so maybe you just select the first yeah, of them. if you're a unique selector. Right. Okay, so... You know, and and then I pointed to three apps that have this problem. At CodePen, we use AppQs. Sometimes it's pointing to like click here to upload an asset or something like that. That's we're trying to we're trying to educate people, and in, in some case, often case to upsell. You know, like you could do this if you're a pro. You know, mm-hmm. uh, that kind of thing. They expose in their app a way to select the elements. Like they'll do it for you. I'm sure there's they have plenty of customers who have never once thought about this because they'll do it for you. But I find when you just click on something and they use their own heuristics to find that element, it's a gnarly selector. Mm-hmm. It looks very fragile. You would never it's write like the selector in CSS. Arrow, 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 like, or, or carrot, carrot, less, greater than, greater than, greater than. It's just like, it's as specific as possible, right? Like, it's just every, very, yeah. yes. And it loses a lot of, like, and I think this is probably mostly true of apps that use JavaScript frameworks. Let's say you have, like, a suspense boundary or a context thing or whatever. Those t- tend to manifest in the DOM as a div. 
even the router of freaking React router puts a div in the way of stuff. And you're like, oh, thanks for the extra div, you know. But that means that there's all kinds of, you know, like Next has a big old wrapper with ID underscore underscore Next or something. That's in between the body and whatever thing you're trying to select. So if it's trying to be really specific, there's all kinds of that crap in the way. Uh, and it's got to be smart about, did a browser extension put that there? Because if it did, you should probably ignore that because not everybody's going to have that installed. Just the mm -hmm. person who was clicking it did. Very complicated. Um, I, we've talked about this before. I, I, I think the way to do stuff like that is use a data attribute on your own and point it at the data attribute. I was going to so, say, yeah, you need like, like whatever data app queue equals sign up or whatever. But if you're app queues or if you're any app that needs to make this easy for people, you cannot make that a requirement of your for sure. app. Nobody will. Yeah, it's a disaster. So that's them. Then I'm looking at this uh, browser extension. You know, I, I think it was late. It was like December or something. Chrome put out this like the most popular browser extensions blog post. And I was like, oh, that's fascinating because I use so few of them, but they mm -hmm. are so powerful. It was just a very compelling blog post. I mean, they're a bunch of them were very interesting. You know, some of them were, you know, new takes on how to find coupons on the web and stuff like that. But one of them was called Tango. Really neat. You install it. Then you go to a website. This would work great on Luro. Yeah. And you go click, 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 or click, type, drag, click, whatever. Do anything on the website. And while you're doing it, it's like taking quick little interesting screenshots of what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And then it makes a step-by-step -step guide. It was like, first, Dave went to the navigation and he clicked here. Then yeah. Dave clicked into this input and he typed hello. Then he slid this slider to the left. And then, you, and then you're done. And then you'd be like, this is how you do X in Lura. Okay. Okay. You've okay. made a guide in 20 seconds. Yeah. So to explain that to somebody is, is really cool. You could make your docs in that way, whatever. So they launched that product. It's pretty neat. And then a couple of weeks ago, they launch a thing called Guidance. So it's in addition to your guide. Now, at the top of your guide, there's a button. And if you click the button, it takes you over to the website. And it, instead of you having to read the guide, it just walks you through it step by step in the actual website. Oh, so wow. now okay. they've just 10x'd the complexity of this website because now it needs to refine the elements that you interacted with when you made that guide. So hopefully they saved the CSS selectors or query selector along the way. Yeah. Along the way. And I talked to them a little bit about it and they said not only do we, but we save like a whole bunch of them. <laughs> we save like, we do like, we, you know, we have like five takes on it. And then, and then if one of them breaks, somehow they'll try the next one and see if that still works or whatever. All the way down to XPath. You ever hear of that? That's yeah. Yeah. It's kind of dark, dark magic there. Yeah. It's like, um, yeah, yeah. It's, it does work in JavaScript. So you can get your hands on Dom nodes with XPath. Never done it. I know nothing about it practically, but it says we even save one of those just to try. Mm hmm. So wow. interesting. So they're in the business of that too. And then everybody was talking, you know, the other week, Arc Boosts launched their new version of Boosts. <laughs> and yeah, well, a little hot just, drama. Why was it hot drama? It's it's a very cool feature. I, maybe we're just in this parallel reality, but I, I saw some uh, talking heads saying, this is a crime against humanity. And I'm just like, man, um, I think it's cool. 
Well, there were some surprising heads saying stuff. I even saw, and I sorry, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this. I'm so sorry, Nicole Sullivan. I love you so much. You've done so much for the web, amazing. But even she was, a, it seemed to me in the category of like designers know what they're doing. Why would you take control and change what a trained designer would do on the web? Right. Um, and she has her reasons, I'm sure. But I was, I was also surprised. I'm like, I don't know, just because I want to make this website pink, and I literally don't care what you think and i'm <laughs> yeah let me be a friggin goblin you know like <laughs> just i'm gonna like wreck this website i mean like i i post a post like i i like change you know robot bot posts on mastodon to be in teletype like in in monospace font yeah i remember because, that that was cool yeah well it's just like it's what i want to do so back off <laughs> so uh this is not i don't know i just that's what i want to do internet it's so, such a power user thing to do and like you have to you have to make that choice just like installing a browser extension or anything the other argument i heard was the like you know all of a sudden websites are going to be inundated with support requests of websites not functioning properly because they've been manipulated by these boots and I'm like the people that add these booths are doing so very aware of what they're doing. Yeah, I think. I mean, yeah. I mean, like support requests is fine, but you know, it, it, we're already doing that. The first thing I ask uh, is whenever somebody says oh, I have a problem, it's like what browser, what browser and what, what extensions do you have? Because and there is Dave a fifty percent chance that that's what it is about. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I mean, I might be exaggerating a little bit from the CodePen support desk. It happens all the time. Yeah, all I mean, the time. Like, and we wouldn't bat an eye at like, oh, you've installed an extension and. Uh, and that's under the hood. That's what an arc boost does is it creates yeah, a Chrome extension. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, so are uh, they right to some degree that it does mess up websites? A little, it could possibly do that. Yeah, absolutely. But no more than we already could or whatever. And arc is like 0.0001% of your users. <laughs> like I'm telling you, the, uh, it's, yeah. it might look a little popular with web nerds, but like, yeah, I, I don't think it's uh well, it's not, it's not on windows, you know, yet. And so that's a deal, but I mean, I would, you know, yeah, I, I'm like, I'm probably on literally the polar opposite side of like, we should be adding more hooks so people can mess our sites up. <laughs> like I'm like yeah. so yeah. far on the other side of like, like, you should do it on CodePen quick. It's a uh, just open the boost thing on CodePen and then drag the like color one around a little bit. And I, uh, I don't know and if they did something special. It doesn't seem like it, but if you make it a little green or something, it doesn't just change the background color to green. It like redoes our entire color palette in a very pleasing way. I feel like I'm like a little jealous of how well it did. Yeah, I got like a little blue. I'm less emo on the on the blue black you know like um it just is, looks great <laughs> like wow good job so it's not it, it, i don't know and if you look around in the css it's not that i feel like they they tapped into some lower level like because it, you know kind of thing or, right but mm -hmm. at like the rendering level or something because i'm looking around the dom to see like did they do some like overlay thing that changes all the colors it's like no that's not there and if you try to look at the rendered color in the dom of elements it's what they originally were so it's like i don't know what they're doing but it's something very fancy but the point with these boosts isn't that 
is is the is to me more like the Zaps. The Zaps is uh, remember I ages ago on CSS Tricks I worked on the print eliminator. The point was that you could open this browser thing and start clicking on crap and it would just dot and remove it from the DOM. That way when you went to hit Command P print. It, that stuff would be gone. So it was like this website forgot a print style sheet because nobody does print style sheets. I want to get it in good working order before I print it. It's like that. You just click on stuff and it removes it. Or in the case of Boost, it permanently removes it. So if you just can't be bothered to look at the trending topics on Twitter, which, you know, I feel bad that I even freaking use Twitter at all practically anymore. I'm fucking such a shit over there. But I can't, I can't look at those things. There's a 100% chance it puts me in a bad mood. So boom, you zap it. Now it's gone. You refresh the page. It's still gone. Amazing. How does it do that? It needs to save some kind of query selector or something that's going to work. And now if, if they change that, which surely they will, because if you look at the DOM of, of Twitter, it's just full of just computer-generated barf class names and such. The chances of that selector breaking, I think, are pretty high. But for a while, it'll work. So it's just interesting. I don't know. I have no further points to make. On that. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm just like this. It's like, let people have fun. I don't know. Let's, let's just I have a green code pen now. You know, now it's orange. Now it's kind of red. Oh, this is fun. That does great. I, I'm curious what they do. They're doing here. It's actually pretty impressive. Like they've. Yeah, tell us, Ark. Write in and tell us how you make the colors shift because it's really strange. It's like you have like a primary hue rotate and a secondary hue rotate or something, you know. And they like have determined how they're going to do that. I don't know. Let's try to find it in the DOM. I swear to God, they're not manipulating the DOM to do this. Well, yeah, I went over to the CSS and it was like. Oh, the CSS for the thing, you know, like the code right. and it's like empty. <laughs> so, uh, what happened? So at first anyway. I was like, Oh, they just changed the background. Cause on the sites that I did it on, that's, it looked like that's what was happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I'm like in my head, I'm like, well, how do you know what element I'm doing it on? Is it on the HTML? Is it on the body? Is it on a div that overlays the whole page? Well, how, how are you doing that? How would you know what the background element is on my page? Yeah. So that, you know, but then it looks like that's kind of not what they're doing. They don't, they don't need to reach in and find anything. And, 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 and somehow it doesn't mess with images. So the images just stay the way they are. That's how I think they tapped into some lower level. So it's not just a hue rotate. Well, it's not a, it's, it's not on an overlay. Yeah. Some crazy. I don't know what they're doing. It's like they, yeah, they like patch CSS. They like messed with it at that level. What are they going to do, Dave? Let's just for 30 more seconds here. It's amazing. I'm such a fanboy of ARC, but they have no business model at the moment <clears throat> and they're growth rate is wild there's you know they have all these apps they're going to launch windows theoretically they launched the mobile app which is a little it's not controversial it's just not what everything people were hoping for i find it a little bit useful but not amazing but clearly they have lots of teams and lots of people working on lots of stuff and lots of love mm-hmm. is it just does chrome pick it up do they start selling subscriptions and actually make money doing that what are they going to do i don't know uh, that would be a good question. I mean, I think like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how you like, um, have a non big three browser, to be honest. I, I don't understand the financial mechanics of that. Just it, it 
costs a lot to run a browser and to, to the Brave's extent doing like it. who else is doing it pretty much just brave nah, there must be a few I mean, others you could you could put like edge in that world you know like they basically were like we're not gonna they can lose money all day it doesn't matter trident yeah anymore but yeah i don't know man i, I think i i assume there's some sort of like what I always assume is there's some sort of kiosky OS play. Does that make sense? Like, like there's you know Arc enabled museum browser things, you know, and maybe there's like you know it's got a little drawing app, it's got a little um, like boost, you know, website manipulator or something. So maybe there's like some like education bend or something, you know, like, mm. like if there was like a Chrome OS, but it had arc on it, would that be interesting? Maybe, you know, arc books, you know, I don't know. So, but that's like, I'll put five bucks on acquisition for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just a different take on, you know, it, it could be the money is coming from Google or somebody or something or, or, you know, just as like a, I don't know how they're funded, but, um, but it could be part of it is just like, let's push the edge of what a browser can be and, um, you know, incubate ideas. Cause I guarantee you, if, you know, Firefox came out with this like sidebar thing with no actual URLs, like it would just cause panic in the user base, you know? So maybe Firefox is like, mm-hmm. you know, let's just see what a, you know, uh, uh, version of this you know chromium firefox that's to the extreme weird angle might look like you know so i i don't know i i I hope it comes up with some sort of plan so because i like using it so yeah i like that they it's just an interesting software project to watch that has nothing to do with vr or ai or whatever it's just like this is a ux play and it's interesting yeah it's just, it's making a browser more user-friendly. I feel like I would be immediately bored if they announced some AI thing. I'd be like, oh, checked out, sorry. Yeah, yeah. no, thank you. Don't so. care. Um, as in, you know, unless it does something amazing. I don't mean to be a total hater on it, but I'm just like, it'll be a little bit like, um, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Let's get, but I want to know what you think about this because you're, you're a perfect candidate in a way for the headset because, because you're attracted to this type of technology and I don't know what, what is it about the thing that makes you, uh, pay attention? Apple, what is it called? Vision pro Apple vision pro. Yeah. Um, it is a headset from Apple aluminum glass and it costs $3,500, which mm. is a lot of money. In fact, I told my son, I said, Otis, he, hey, they, they, Apple launched their VR thing, their augment, you know, and he's mm-hmm. like, whoa, cool. And I was like, guess how much it costs, you know? And he's like, oh, $2,000, you know? And I was like, no, $3,500. And he goes, for one? And like, <laughs> I just was like, that's the perfect answer because for and one for you don't one. even get two controllers yeah and like because like a, uh he's right because like a meta quest you know which i've been t- putting off buying one because i just i know it's the primary like whatever at home virtual reality platform you know but like yeah, okay but but i've been putting it off because like i just don't like facebook sorry everybody uh, if you've been listening yeah. to the podcast you probably knew that but 
So Apple coming out with one is very interesting, but the MetaQuest is like 500 all said and done with everything, two controllers. You know, we could buy MetaQuest for everyone in the family to be in VR for a fraction of the cost of this Apple Vision Pro. So I, I want to just say, like, first and foremost, it's an astronomical amount of money. And and I think this, it's about as much money as the uh, HoloLens cost from Microsoft and you know, kind of the vibe I was getting or the news vibe there was like, it's basically, that's the, we're not actually selling this price. <laughs> like we're giving you access to it. If you want to like experiment in this world or like, if you want to invest in this idea, like this is what we'll sell it to you for, you know? So, um, so anyway, it, it's kind of like a, I, I think it's priced for, these like prosumers who want to like just experiment in this realm or experiment with Apple's take on it. Yep. That may all, that all makes sense. That all makes sense. So you, even though you're interested, you don't even own a quest. You don't know any of them. I don't. I, I, and that's mostly mm-hmm. like I, I am and this is where Apple kind of has me the like anti-socialness of like popping on a thing and like oh, extreme, extremely anti-social. Like, I, I had a roommate in college. I hope he doesn't listen or after college and he, we'd have parties at our house, you know, 20 people, boom, boom, boom. He just sits there, plays guitar hero on the TV in the living room by himself, like not talking to anybody. Like, and even though he's in a room and there's people and like no headset, it was like so antisocial. It like set this weird vibe for me. It's not wrong. It's just like was what where we're at or whatever. But like, mm. uh, like the idea of like putting this quest thing on, it's like I'm having a fun time, but you're not. You're just actually in the danger zone of me hitting you. You know, like that's that's bad. Apple, I think, with their little, you know, uh, what is this it? is for work to do? Don't you feel like it was for saying that? It's it felt like that. Most of their examples were like this is for work. You know, like they're and then you can like you can dial down the privacy and and like go into your VR realm and you know uh, and play games or whatever. And I thought that was very cool. Uh, I think that that little dial to augmented reality to virtual reality was was cool. So I think that's cool. Um, yeah, yeah, and, okay. And that's like, but the but the little projected eyeballs, that's like straight up dystopian. <laughs> like that's like that was weird. Truly uh, so. weird. It's interesting how they look set back. You know, it's not like a it's not like the screen and your eyeballs are like clearly right on the surface of the screen. They have some like weird depth to them, and then it looks like there's like this purple light put onto them. Perhaps that's the dystopian thing. It looks a little bit like, you know, something. Trent would put on a on this album art or something with this yeah some like robot with like fake eyes or something you know it's it's this weird thing do you think you could walk up to somebody wearing those things and and have a conversation with them and like be okay with looking at their weird little video eyeballs i mean it remains to be seen but i'd be like can you take that thing off for a moment please yeah like i would i need to fire I'm... you in person <laughs> <laughs> Sandra, um, please, please take that off. We need to have a serious conversation. Um, no, that's that's hard, right? Like, I, I think that, you know, in the, the dad playing, you know, like soccer with his kid while wearing the headset or whatever, that was so bizarre, you know? And But he, let me also say, like, is it, it like most parents, okay, this is not a parenting secret, are just looking at their phone all day, ignoring their kids. 
is it super different if I'm like ignoring my kids, but I have like projected eyeballs <laughs> on my goggles? I don't know. I don't know. You know, like I don't know. It, I don't know. It, I don't know. Okay. There's some. Anyway, this is where it just gets weird and dystopian, and I don't think it's uh, it's an Apple issue per se. I think it's just the format, you know. It's it's so. Wait, well, let's say that problem is solved because you're alone in a room, right? You're alone, and you're just trying. You just want to do something, so the the people thing doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm in my shed. Everybody wants to know what. Yeah, the shed thing will will work for you. Everybody, what everybody wanted to know was why. You know, why would I drop these bucks? Not only now, but ever. Like, do is there ever any answer? to why I would strap this thing on my head. Is there something it can do that's markedly better than what I can do now? At least that's my question. Like, I, I mean, one thing is like immediately, like I can have four 4K monitors just floating around me. Yeah, that's it. For us nerds, you don't need a monitor anymore or you probably will have one for a long time, but you get a giant monitor. You get lots of giant monitors. You get any configuration of monitors you want. My coworker Robert here in the office, he loves his monitor, man. It's like a 60-inch TV that he just yeah. puts right on his desk, right in front of him. It's almost the like foot from his face, nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's just absolutely enormous. And he thinks it's hilarious and 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 loves it, you know. And it's like and it's like the lowest res thing you've ever seen, you know. Sure, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's but he's great. like, I don't care. My eyes are old. I just I I don't even I benefit nothing from like these high pixel density things. It just right. doesn't. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, but, but that is that, that does do it for me a little, but isn't that interesting that it's a 2d thing that makes this 3d thing interesting. And I, I last I heard anyways, that the, with the quest and stuff that there wasn't anybody coding in it, like it mm-hmm. somehow lacked the resolution or s- there was something about it that made it just too bad yeah. to code in there. So it, it, that there needs to be a strong answer for that. But if that's the case, I have a $5,000 monitor, Dave. That's how much my monitor costs. No, I'm not even joking. It's the Apple Display X, whatever it is, XDR or something. Yep. Yeah, it's great. I love it. There's a little crack in it. I wish they would fix it. But I can't. I can't be without it for long enough for them to fix the tiny little crack. Really sad. Um, anyway, that's neither here nor that. But the point is, that's if you really want a high end monitor, that price alone right there can do it. And if it's if it's essentially just a 2D experience, but you just put this thing on your head and you can code in it really well. Maybe that alone is it. Well, and I, I think that's the difference. Like I had like a Microsoft VR headset thing and I would try to code, but it was weird. It, it was because it was my mm. thing, but it was like tilted and, you know, it's almost like somebody put like skew, CSS skew on your code editor. And you're just like, some, I'm not. I'm not comfortable. It's like a monitor that's misplaced, right. you know. Um, but then I, I had... I could type, but I was very like uh, what touch typing, right? Like like just memory from my keyboard. And if I didn't mm. remember or I misstroked or whatever, I, it would be bad. I would be kind of very stuck. So oh, because you weren't just using your keyboard. It seemed like in the demos, people just use their regular keyboard. Yeah, yeah. So you'd use a virtual keyboard. And so where Apple's augmented reality thing is actually cool is you can like probably see your actual keyboard while in our so like the thing you're touching is real and the the projection of your screen is is just a projection like it is now, but it's in a different format. So I think that would that's cool. Um I I, I think like the the 
you know, I like VR stuff. I've done a lot of web VR demos and and things like that over just the past years, a decade of making stuff. And, um, you know, I, I think there is this world where it would be cool. Like if, you know, we're chatting here on Riverside FM, right? Yeah. yeah. If there was like a little more depth or something reality, you know, to it, you know, a little more 3D or something like that. That would be kind of cool. Um, that's probably super far off, you know, but then if I there would, was... I would do this show with you in it. I have heard, you know, that was the kind of like the the stratechery Ben Thompson take is that meetings in that space are very compelling. And then he would say that and then also admit to the fact that his entire team just has them in their drawers and they never touch them. I have a quest. It's in a drawer, Dave. I bet I used it four or five times ever. Yeah. I wanted to try it and I wanted to try Wolvic or whatever the browser, browser from. Yeah. <clears throat> and just to see what it's like there. I'm sure they're watching it very carefully because the whole point of that was what are the input mechanisms? How do you type? How do you go back? How do you drag things? How do you click? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you do all these things? And they uh, they have an answer for that. Apparently, there's little cameras that point down at your hands. So I guess you can't do it behind your back. But all you do is like pinch, essentially. But you don't have to reach up and pinch. You look at something and then pinch wherever your hands happen to be. That's weird. But that's cool. How cool is that to think about? Yeah, I was digging lean on my belly button and I bought uh, 10,000 things on Amazon. <laughs> No, no, no! Dubai, Dubai, Dubai! Uh, is that um, uncanny valley to, to that you that you look at things to interact with them? That freaks me out a little. I bit. I think that's very natural. You know, um, you know. I think like it's it's you know the amount that we look at things. You know, I do wonder if that can be exploited. You know, like you're tracking. Oh. You know, a tracker can just say like okay, what are they hovering on, quote unquote, and, you know, and yeah, like, there's going to be a lot exactly of buy now what, buttons that are nipples. <laughs> right, know? right. Just very <laughs> boob shaped uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, buttons. But so it's, you know, I think like that's maybe some, uh, you know, kind of bad things about it. But, but I think what's, I don't know. I'm interested in seeing that. I'm interested in seeing like a website with a little bit of depth, you know, um, everything is 2d. I think this, it's always been a threat that my Apple would release a device that would change the world again, you know, and, and, you know, our perception of information and technology is very 2d and I am very interested in a 3d world. So, and I could write up thoughts on this, but I just, and I've kind of experimented too, just, but you imagine like a, you know, we always do the like X, Y charts, you know, it's like, this is good, you know, but if you imagine like a Z axis, that's like bad for the world, <laughs> you know, you mm. want your thing to be like as flat as possible on the Z axis or not going bad for the world, you know? So it's like, you know, a chart can go up, but is it, you know, like you just, I don't know. You, you think of like, I, I just feel like there's other, like, you know, you can add, dimensions to data you can add dimensions to um all kinds of things can't give you an idea can I just mm, paint a mm-hmm. word picture for you mm-hmm. you want to um fix tags on your wordpress site right uh, yep yep not fun it's not the best because you go into each post and you're like Ugh. like wouldn't it be cool 
if you could go into this virtual reality and your pages fly by and then you have like a scanner gun in your hand and you go pew <laughs> and you just like mm. apply the tags you want or like you like it's like that old like you know you like twist what tag you want to put on it and go pew pew like uh, yeah sure I'll take a rote task and make it more interesting because of the tactile you know real worldness of it yeah, yeah yeah so you just turn turn something boring like tagging or cataloging or approving or whatever and you turn it into something more interesting you know like um i don't know like approving issues or moving things across a board or whatever you know like it could be more interesting i don't know you yeah kanban yeah. board and instead of like you just dragging it, you like pin a little sail to it and then it swims across the board. That's interesting. Yeah. They're probably, um, maybe there'll be an era where, where experiences need to be, you know, kind of progressively enhanced into a 3d world that you start 2d. Cause it does seem like that's the foreseeable future here is 2d experiences in a 3d space. But that kind of makes sense in that you interact with them in one space, but then it's not like you have the thing strapped onto your head absolutely 24 hours a day. In fact, mm-hmm. it definitely won't be. So that that <laughs> like same experience. Two hours or something. It's right. Like, and not everybody's yeah. going to own one and whatever. But that doesn't mean that your Trello board or your aboard board or whatever can't behave a little differently in the 3D space and, and add some tactile coolness to itself when that's available, but fall back to a 2D experience. That's kind of a clever idea. Yeah. I mean, I even think of like a Kanban board, you know, like when you drag in issues across and you're like, oops, we have to go back to in progress, you know, because it's not out of PR because it has to get reworked. Like, what if instead of just that card going backwards and everyone getting upset, like the card becomes twice as tall. And so now it's like a like a king in checkers or whatever. Right. Mm. And so like, and then every time it slides back, you put another tab on there to make it taller. Right. And that, that tallness of your Kanban card is not a defect. It's basically just saying like, we have, we are refining how, like this is this thing's third or fourth journey on the Kanban board Mm -hmm. and that's okay. It's just becoming more powerful and more refined and more, you know, like, Like it's not just a uh, failure of, you know, a a developer or a failure of a product planner, but although it could be, but it's just like, it's more about this is just getting fortified and refined and uh, a, a better solution. So I feel like there's stuff like that we have not entered into like in our 2d technology. So um, anyway, I'm patenting that idea. Everyone knows that. I'm just patenting uh, that. It's going yeah. to Lura, we're doing that. No, I'm just, but think about it. We have, well, there's, anyway, that stuff is interesting to me. So I'm actually kind of on the fence about getting one, you know? So I don't know. I'm, I need to make a business expense. I couldn't so. tell you. Definitely haven't made the decision yet. Cause it doesn't, it's not, you don't have to make the decision for a kind of a long time. They said, 2024 at some point and i'm such a wuss I, i'm not a buy impulse instantly yeah i'm not mm. i didn't get on the wait list or whatever they got now like i i'm very much a gotta see it first um, yeah well here's one for you think about the i it, throughout the years i've gone from 
you know, I don't know if I've ever done three monitors. I think I probably have, but that didn't last very long. I've mostly been a two monitor guy. At the moment, I'm a one monitor guy. Changed changed my stuff up a little bit. Although once in a while, I'll crack the laptop open next to it, meaning it's kind of two monitors. But I'm starting to be in my older age a little more sensitive to it because I find, and I think you've had this experience too. If you if you have if you've poorly set up your desk in some way and you're moving your head around a lot back. And forth because perhaps instead of having one monitor straight on and another one to the right, you put them both at a, the creases in the middle. Now you're constantly back and forth. Yeah. That it, it has some, you know, some physical implications. It's just not very comfortable after a while. Yeah. It, it can, broke my back. That can be extreme in that way, but it can also be, you know, it can be a minor irritant too. Anyway, does that problem get worse now that we have... Because, yeah, and then there's just, even if you have one monitor, all of us tend to have our opinions about window management, right? Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. have sometimes, you know, a lot of us that probably listen to this show at a minimum do the, you know, code on one side, browser on the other kind of thing. But then there's like, well, where do you put your console then? And then mm -hmm. like, you know, you're waiting for your build and you pop over into your social media. How do you do it? Do you whisk the entire screen away and go into another screen that has all that stuff up? And then, you, then you're like, oh, I got to check my email. Is that just a tab? in the browser or do I have another app for that? I've, Dave, I've never solved this. Never. I don't, I have, I have my own little ways that I do stuff, but I'd say every hour I look up at my screen. I'm like, this is a mess. There's crap all over the place. And then go like, ah, I got to close a bunch of stuff and then kind of get it into a nice state again. And then just let it deteriorate <laughs> over the next hour as I do yeah. stuff. I'm a mess. And now I'm going to have the whole world as a place to keep my mess. I wonder what window management looks like in. Yeah, I kind of wonder if it's like, like, honey, where, where'd I put my my credit card tab? Is that in the kitchen? Oh God, <laughs> honey, where's my credit card tab? Where's my uh, virtual T Rex? <laughs> you left oh, it in the garage. The T Rex is in the garage. In the garage. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah. And if I it's VR, you'd be like, remember, you shrank down to the size of a bug and then you kept it in a sunflower petal or whatever. Ah, oh, the sunflower petal. God, dude. Thank you. No, <laughs> no I, I don't. Yeah, I don't know how that's going to work. I don't know. Uh, I, I do, you know, I, I think like, I think one thing is it's cheaper to create spaces. So that's good. Like dedicated spaces, right? Like, mm -hmm. like for me to have a monitor for email, a monitor for chat, a monitor for my web dev, a monitor for uh, just browser tabs that costs $10,000, you know? So like in my $3,500 Apple vision goggles, like, you know, I can just be like, poom, poom, poom. So I think there's, you know, because right now the only way to like create a space is to like hide, right? Like spaces, right? Like you just say like, okay, that's a whole like, yeah, I hide that, right? And so like, man, I had a good two years there. I was big into spaces. I was a spaces guy, and just I just swiping fully over swipes. it. Now. I don't know why, but it's gone now. Yeah, no, it, it's a I, I am not good at it, or I like. It's it's the honey where's my tab situation because it's like like where did I I was just doing taxes where did it go so, <laughs> um, but yeah I, I I it's interesting I I don't know I think I'm interested in the like the 
ideas of what 3D can do for information communication and design. So that's what I'm interested in. I think I would like to see that. So mm. maybe I'll buy it. I don't know. Um, yeah. Vote, vote. Let me know if I need to buy it, chat. Uh, the fact that me... my quest is in a drawer that I never touch and really don't plan to is a bad sign that I should of... not buy it. But I like Apple stuff. Ah, uh, that's see, that's the tough part, you know. That that's maybe Apple's advantage is that that those goggles are like you know they had the example of like you had the laptop open you just look at the laptop and then like all of a sudden your laptop's on your goggles right like oh that's just ridiculous it's the number one reason I want it really right like like when you plug in the Quest you're doing a different thing you're not doing the same thing you were doing you know like it's not the device you were just using or the device you use every day it's like it's another device i got to use apple's thing is you know if we're in the mac ecosystem which you and i are right now like apple's thing is basically just just put it on it's the same thing you got yeah, anyway it plugs you into know? your same that's a huge 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 advantage i think cuz meta doesn't they're not even microsoft they they don't if microsoft had one it would plug into that ecosystem at least a little bit but it's not mm-hmm. even that i mean you buy a quest it's not like you're logged into your facebook immediately nor does there a, a particularly compelling facebook experience on the quest it's all like go to the store and download some stuff that looks okay to you. Make sure you put in your credit card first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I get, I got a couple of games or something. They took forever to download. The friction is crazy. Like we covered with Tears of the Kingdom. I am just a helpless idiot in video games. I feel like there's some way wayfinding mechanisms commonly used in in video games that are that are like lost on me. That there's some expectations that are like, I'm going to take you through this learning thing. You should, you know, walk into the next room. And I've somehow missed the cue to walk into the next room. And I'm like staring at the chest for nine minutes. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess. And then that cue to do the job is long gone. That's just one example. But I feel like I, I somehow I lost. So the amount of friction to play one of these games was so high. I found yeah. friction points everywhere. And to the point where I'm just like, God, I mean, if somebody... If they weren't in that drawer anymore because somebody walked out of here with them, it'd probably take me six months to notice. Well, that's uh, anyone from Meta is listening. We we do consulting here on the Shop Talk Show. Uh, we do free consulting for your products, and we let you know what's wrong with them and why uh, they're not sticking. Yeah. So send us some free stuff. Yeah, but I, what what is maybe also interesting too is Apple has announced this. There's going to be a Samsung version, you know, so we're going to see some clones and some product, you know, kind of, uh, I'm sure we'll see some, some competing ideas. And so that's interesting too. So, yeah. Good. Yeah. You know. Uh, we got a question here from, uh, uh, Simi de Clark from hobby developer from Cape Town, South Africa. I'd love to come to your town someday. I've heard so many amazing things about that place from friends and family alike. Uh, love the show. Thank you so much, Simi. Um, <clears throat> it wrote in with a, a pen that it was a pretty decent take on this already, but it, I think it's an Android-ism where if you're going to have a, a sticky header... 
it's not just sticky all the all the all the time. I mean, it would be on the web, but imagine this uh, more of a native concept and that you're scrolling down the page and the header is gone. The header has left the building, but then you scroll up a little bit, no matter where you are on the page, could be halfway down, all the way down, whatever. And the header comes back into view, but it doesn't just detect that, you know, oh, they started scrolling up a little bit, immediately show the entire header. It's as if the header had followed along wherever you were scrolling. And then if you scroll up 10 pixels, you'll see 10 pixels at the bottom of the header. It's like it's been repositioned just out of view, no -hmm. matter where you are on the page. It's a really neat effect, I think. It's a compelling thing that Android has, has done there. And Simi is wondering, you know, he has a pen that does exactly what it should do, but it's a little, um, how should I say, like janky or something. It uses a a document.onscroll event, meaning it's firing 20 billion times as you scroll down the page to do its thing. If you're on a low power device, this thing's going to be... That's just not a Shredding good, good battery, approach. No, not to mention it's you have to do all the math yourself. And yeah, just it's not mm-hmm. using an intersection observer or anything. It's just wondering if there's a better way to do it. And I looked at this for a little bit and was like, I don't know. <laughs> I couldn't. The first thing I thought of was was debouncing. But sure, that'll do a little bit. But is if it's not fast enough, it won't. You'll lose a little uh, the spirit of it. And then. On the way down, on the way down, it doesn't matter as much. Like you can debounce on the way down, but on the way up, it needs to be to stay. I don't know. It's just tricky, and there, I couldn't think of an awesome way to do it. But I did think of you know there is now a scroll end event, which kind of if you've been debouncing your whole life, you should be aware of this. I don't think it has dropped across all browsers, but it hopefully it will soon. That's just called on scroll end which never used to exist before, hence debouncing, but it, it kind of like waits for you to stop scrolling and then fires the event once. So that's just good to know, I think, for you mm-hmm. all out there. Uh, but I don't have any better answers than the pen Simi already put together. What do you think of, Dave? Oh, man. I've tried this like 15 times and I never, you know, love yeah. what I came up with. Um, there's this pattern from somebody at Google... I think Eric Beidel, is that something mm-hmm. right? Who uh, called the sticky sentinel pattern, um, where basically you're just doing a position sticky, but you're sort of, and it's sort of like for like these pseudo classes that don't exist, like stuck and unstuck or whatever. Um, anyway, you, you like, like you basically like have these sentinels like that triggers stuck and unstuck. Um, yeah. But how it applies here is basically like you're saying, like on scroll down, you just don't stick at all. But then on scroll up, you're going to apply that sticky sentinel or whatever, you know. Mm, um, that is, you, the, this is what this, you need then. If you check at the sentinel, which is the before or after kind of almost like pseudo elements, but they're actually real elements. But you just check if those are intersection observing. And if they're not, then you kind of like, add sticky to the to the thing otherwise you just kind of like remove it on scroll down and but you maybe like want to do a little bit of i forget what i did and we have it in luro somewhere i should find it but actually we deleted it because we changed move stuff around um but it was just a a little you know 
just an effect to stick something at the bottom when you're scrolling or at the top, I guess, when you're scrolling down, but hide it. And, and it's, it's hard. It's not intuitive. It's I think not I really found the great. blog post where so, it mentioned it. I'm like, oh my God, that's way more complicated than I thought it was going to be. Uh, but it does kind of achieve a pretty nice effect. What I like is that there's some attachment still to your, your actual scrolling, like what you're doing with your, with your input. So if you, you know, like if you're, you can still kind of half see the header if you want to. It's just kind of feels like you're a little bit more in control and I like it. So I don't know. I, I will say that I, I saw a slide from Una on stage at CSS Day in Amsterdam and the thing said style or no state queries, state queries. She was, I think, trying to just tease some theoretical work starting to happen on being able to query for state. Cause now we have container queries, we have style queries. What is a state query? And the immediate answer was the, um, the position sticky thing is the thing stuck or not stuck. Um, maybe relevant here. I don't know if it's the whole answer, but it might be part of an answer. If you could know that in CSS, maybe you could do it. That was Simi's direct question is, can I create this in CSS only? And I'm fairly confident to say that, no, you cannot right now. No, uh, but I, I, Simi was using like just setting a style property, like setting a variable. And I think that's like a really good strategy, like just to set the variable. Um, you lose some fidelity because you can't do like subpixel scrolling and stuff, but um, on scroll Y and stuff like that. But like it is, uh, like it, it's that's a good approach. But we're just yeah, we just don't have it. But if we had like a like a state thing, like colon scrolling up or something, that would be pretty cool. Like then you could be like, cool, right. fly that guy in. So. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're there yet. I think you still need some JavaScript to do the little peek, yeah. peekaboo header right. kind of thing. And you did one header, Simi, and the thing that Dave mentioned, the Sentinel thing, was more concerned with having a bunch of headers down the page. Yeah, but it's kind of like the way to like see if something was stuck or not stuck or that change, there was a change in sticking. So um, right. So the, the idea applies kind of everywhere. Um Mm-hmm. But it might be overkill for your thing. Um, I think what you had is pretty good, but I did see a little bit of like uh, glitchy. But but it's not. But I, I think it's, it's not that bad. Yeah, I, I don't think anyone's going to notice unless they're really I going mean, for don't it. Don't underestimate so. a scroll to top button, which is a good accessibility feature anywhere. Not scroll to tap, but just like kind of like move to top or return to go top, to go top, to top. Yeah. yeah. Um, so your header's up there, and if they if you click that, then you're back at the header. You know, like I know that's not the effect you're looking for, but it has the same result. Yeah, exactly. I mean, maybe that's the zero dollar solution. You know, that's what I always think of this stuff is is like, yeah. what's what's the ten peso version? You know, <laughs> what's the ten peso fix? You know, not the million dollar fix. You know, and and I right. think like. You know, and what's cool about those buttons is you can just be like sticky bottom zero, you know, or whatever. And it's like, oh, okay, I'll just show up in the viewport and suddenly and you're like, right. oh, wow, mm-hmm. um, great. So, yeah, sticky, sticky anything on mobile is especially tricky because you just, the, the, the second you're doing it, you're kind of gobbling up some of already limited screen real estate and you better be darn sure that's a good idea. And if you're sticking it on the bottom, then you better be darn sure that <laughs> it's not 
totally hidden by some browser Chrome. Yeah. Oh my God. It's just such a, such a tricky thing. I don't envy the, the mobile web developer these days, although it's getting a lot better. I just, I, I managed to sneak in dynamic viewport units into my, Ooh, cool, into my, cool. into my talk, which is, um, they're, uh, I, I, you know, <laughs> let's eliminate some nuance from the web day. I think that yeah. anywhere you use VH, you should just use DVH. Ooh, love it. Love it. I love That's it. just Eliminate what you should nuance. do these days. Yeah. Do it. I, it seems like the right call. I, I was a little like when the, it, all these little, uh, you know, what is it? SVH and DVH and LVH. Yeah, the were, small viewport, the big viewport. You're like, why would you do that? That's just, has, that's just asking for more trouble. It should just be the dynamic one. Yeah, when those were announced, I was a little bit like, why are we doing what we have lost the way <laughs> like we have fallen from grace uh but it is i think dvh is probably i'm gonna... sure they have their reasons but you know what you should do you should have fixed vh to be like dvh and then the, that's the only thing that should have shipped yeah yeah uh, but i don't know what the nuance to all that stuff we is. are we are in unit town though i tell you what i saw um, oh my Jen Simmons is CSS thing. RLH. Uh, Do you see RLH root Jeez. line height? So like you say, margin bottom P margin bottom root line one root line height, and it's like a ghost line of text basically, and you mm. didn't do anything different. So that's cool. That's like exact vertical rhythm, which is like we've never had. You know, it so. was. She she was setting padding in it. And then it looked like there was some space between, for example, the header and a paragraph and some paragraphs, which means that probably like the margin block end was also a set in RLH. Yeah. Which is, mm, I could see it. I could see it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then like you have like a, you know, padding one RLH, you know, around your card or whatever. And it's, that's a line height based you know, like we were doing text based, which is awesome. But now you're like, no, just basically a line of text. And then you have margin trim. And so you're like, oh, on the card, though, like, you know, you basically can do like star margin block one R A L H or whatever. Yep. And then just say like, but on my card, trim that margin block, margin trim block. Right. Margin trim colon block. And that will just trim off the top and the bottom margins. And so now you have no problems. <laughs> like nope. you're just like you're, you're it's it's interesting. I'm still reprogramming my brain around all this stuff. This is it's amazing. I feel like margin trim would have been the hottest thing going in CSS, except for that. Now we have gap for Flexbox and grid. And I know that's I know it's not the same. But I think there's a lot more usage of componentry that is using those layout technologies in which that you, it just doesn't it doesn't matter as much the, the gap. Well, yeah, it's it's basically a way to apply gap or margin trim is almost a way margin plus margin trim is a way to apply gap to anything that's any layout or any sort of assembly of elements. So yeah, but um, I, I do wonder if a best practice will be. If you have any element and you've added padding to that element with, you know, that you should margin trim in the direction of that padding. Like mm -hmm. that just as a general best practice. If add padding, then margin trim in that direction. Just so that you you know that you're never in the position that something can butt against it and add to that padding. That's mm -hmm. a that's a not a bad idea, actually. That's a little mm -hmm. blog post idea there. Yeah, yeah. but I just 
heavy like theoretical CSS proclamations are a little bit dangerous territory when I've never even tried it. No, no, (laughs) just go based on theory. Yeah, well, maybe it'll start life as a Mastodon post. Good, that's good. Let's do the old A-B test route. That's good. So uh, I think that'll do it, huh? That'll do it. Yep. I think we're at time. So uh, we should wrap it. Uh, thank you, dear listener, for downloading this. You will find out about the show. If you're buying them goggles, let us know. If you mm. think I should buy those goggles, let us know. We appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> Tell my wife, please don't. Um, and then, um, and then uh, yeah, please uh, join us in the Discord, patreon.com slash shop talk show. Chris, you got anything else you'd like to say? Mm-hmm. Shop talk show.com. <laughs>